man. There's a beverage here, huh? Does anybody here know how many times I've had to watch Funny Lady? I'm gonna get that gun of mine, and I'm gonna change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ify Wadiway, and in the booth with me is film reviews editor at The Wrap, Alonzo Duralde. Alonzo, what's good? Well, Ify, I had some uh, Alaska Airlines miles I had to burn before February, mm-hmm. so I went to visit my sister in Tacoma over the okay. weekend. Not at Sundance, which was a relief because that's just exhausting. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we went to see in Tacoma the uh, Lakewood Theater production of Heather's The Musical, mm. which I had never seen. I knew existed. I always wanted to see it. Uh, they're doing a hell of a job, and uh, it's still running for a couple more weekends. You might have to get a standby ticket. I hear it's selling out like crazy. But seriously, if you are in the SeaTac area, go see <laughs> Heather's The Musical. It's super entertaining. All right, shout out to y'all in the SeaTac area. Uh, all are <laughs> the clamoring. And also, uh, we also have producer and films festival programmer, Drea Clark. Drea, what's good? Part one is that Alonzo started that with talking about the air mileage. He needed to burn off. Listen, I have these air points. I'm, I'm painting a picture. That was amazing. Tacoma Miles. <laughs> That's my favorite show on the USA Network back in 1992. Oh characters, Tacoma Miles. Characters matter. All right. Um, what's truly good with me is Shudder, which which is the horror platform you should hopefully know. They are making an LGBTQI plus horror documentary. Yes, they and are. And they are currently doing outreach for videos of queer horror fans. And they're accepting them, I think, through February 5th. So this is kind of the last little bit to do it. But I think that horror is really uniquely important to the queer community as uh, just a visual medium and as it's such... it's. Obviously got a long backstory of metaphor and there's a lot to connect to. And I think a lot of queer identifying individuals do. So if you are a horror fan and fall into that umbrella, um, they said you should email queerhorrordoc at gmail.com for instructions, which is exciting. I feel like I just set up like a Brewster's Million sort of like game. Yeah. Like, please email them for your first steps, my children. Yeah, yeah. You got to get those yeah. instructions. I thought that was pretty cool. It was more like a saw thing, yeah. actually. Oh, but... yeah. Oh, thank you. I prefer that for me. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I heard that, uh, you know, about the horror's connection to the queer community because my friend Joan Ford came uh, on Nerdificent and made the uh, statement that I didn't believe until she. She proved it to me that Chucky is a trans icon, uh, oh. and and it, it goes Ooh. through the yeah. She goes through the movies and points out why and all the different parts. Uh, so uh, check out check out the Dead for Filth podcast. Michael Ooh. Varadi will gay horror your world like you do, like nobody's business. That all Who doesn't want good. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that third voice that you heard. <laughs> that cackle? That, yeah, yeah, that cackle, that preview. Writer yeah. at Tosh.0, comedian, and former host of this very podcast, Ricky Carmona. What's good? We changed the locks, so he got in anyway. <laughs> I'm so happy. 
It's so good to be here again. Thank you all for having me. Wow, mm. thank you so much. Mm. Oh my what God. an honor. What a pleasure. Mm. Placid. <laughs> <laughs> see you all. Right? Come on now. Exactly. Come on now. My man. That's what's up. <laughs> uh, Ricky, what's yes. good? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is good? I feel like, like, I, feel like I, I just want to be, like, I just like want to like vomit out like all of like the what's goods since sure, last sure. I've, I, I've been here. Like, I've seen like, that. I loved Parasite! Like, should I just yell? Like, should I just, like, yell? Like, like what move? Like, what I saw? And what, like, Parasite made me so happy! Uh, I got a 4K TV! Oh! Let's, let's start at I got a 4K TV. All because right. that right there has the layers of what's been going on with my life. I got a 4K TV. <laughs> Why do I got a 4K TV? Because my girl moved in with me. Oh. And that's a beautiful thing. And her gorgeous dog. And, and uh, oh, just that, I mean, I still got hairs from this motherfucker on me right here. So God, God bless her, I, I, I love the dog. So my girl moves in with me, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I got a dog that's, you know, a new dog that's with me, another beautiful You're thing. You're nesting like hell. What, like, what's like a close, you know, 1B of that beautiful thing? Yo, she got a 4K TV. Oh, my God. <laughs> she brings to me a 4K TV. <laughs> Come have, on now! I have podcasted in both your apartments, yes. and hers is far neater. So I'm hoping that like she's bringing some of that magic into Bruh, your place. I can't wait to have you motherfuckers come over and see what I look. See, my living domicile as an adult now. If it's oh. an adult, for reference, Ricky definitely had previous. What's goods? Where he told us of like a bath mat that he finally bought yeah. after like three years. <laughs> so yeah, this is a big step. Yeah. If, if, hopefully like, you'll have me back at another point, yeah. and I will talk about the new bath mat <laughs> that I have. Well, I, I like it because it's like a reverse of mine. Because I bought a 4K TV because I was going through a divorce. And oh, I was like, sure, so sure. I was like, I was like, Absolutely. I need this. It uh, heals you know, all wounds. <laughs> Enjoy and sorrow. 4K is there oh for God. you. There are things that you do for yourself when yeah. that divorce happens where you just go, oh, fuck, I needed this. <laughs> and then when you are like that whole person, and then these just new gifts start mm -hmm. to like come into your <laughs> life. Yeah. And you can appreciate them at a whole new level, yo. Because you're like, I have worked so hard to get here. Yeah. And now I'm getting this? Yeah. It's home. <laughs> it's home. I guess we're okay. I guess yeah. we have been making the right decisions. <laughs> I'm Thank so you proud very of you, much. Ricky. Thank you. What's good with you, Ify? Oh, man. What's good with me? Oh, well, uh, you know, hot, hot, quick plug uh, yeah uh, starting uh next week uh monday at uh from from you could tell how well i know this because i'm stuttering from 7, 7 p.m yeah. 7 p.m pacific, pacific time, time to 10 30 you can catch me on twitch twitch's late night show e-league super punch live presented by twitch that's a great title that rolls off the tongue and i have no problems with it uh lots more branding when you tune in and see they're gonna instantly regret making me a host uh, and they're already finding out now based on these emails uh <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, no, uh, definitely tune in. It'll be a good time. Uh, you know, definitely I'll be sending clips to Alonzo because he loves keeping up with my gaming news. So uh, I'm on the edge of my seat. I, I'm glu- I, I, if I weren't here right now, I'd be glued to Twitch. <laughs> I mean, that's Alonzo's most visited website is twitch.tv. Uh, all right. On today's show, we'll be talking about Dolomite is my name. We'll get a call from the Who Shot line. And of course, we'll also have staff picks. But first, it's time for our new segment called Edict. Short for Is This Important? Do I Care? Each of us will read a new segment and answer the question, Is This Important and Do I Care? And first off, foremost, probably the most breaking news in all of cinema, <laughs> cinema, <laughs> is Sony rebooting the hit iffy 14-year-old, <laughs> no, this is younger than that, 12-year-old iffies, 10-year-old iffies. <laughs> Favorite film, Anaconda, with Ice Cube, uh, short for Ice Cuberson. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it had J Lo, Ice Cube, Owen Wilson, Eric Stoltz. You could smell the 90s on it, uh, <laughs> which covers a group of documentary filmmakers searching for an ancient giant snake. And guess what? They get eaten by it. Uh, this movie uh, is back in the news because according to Hollywood Reporter, Sony Studios is looking to remake it and they've hired yeah, Evan Doherty to write it, whose previous credits include Snow White and the Huntsman and Tomb Raider, which with a track record like that, this is bound to be a hit. Uh, <laughs> the report also says that the studio doesn't want to reboot the movie, but reimagine it. So it, so it closer resembles a movie like the Meg, sure. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Like the Meg, yeah, yeah. You know that that movie that everyone remembers. I remember <laughs> after Jaws came out, or actually after Orca came out, Spielberg was like, "Oh, I wish Jaws was more like yes. Orca." Yeah, <laughs> that's what you guys sure, figured it out. You got it right. <laughs> oh. a- ask me the question, Ify. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Is this important? And do you care? I don't want none, son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, if Sir Mix-a-Lot doesn't make an appearance immediately, I'm out of here. Um, I want to revisit the idea of Jaws is to Anaconda as the Meg is to Orca. Because <laughs> that, that's a, that's a math, word problem. I could, Do the math, yo. Really. I, I, when they say it's going to be like the Meg, does it mean we're going to make fun of ourselves before you can make fun of us? Because that yeah. was kind of what the Meg had going yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I think. Well, first off, who cares? Like, these guys of monies or cash grabs and so I'm like ah that's just you're being blatant about it so I'd rather that than you couching it in like oh we have a message that's For important arts. to share to as many people as possible that you said these kind of monies is the most perfectly Freudian thing I've ever heard that's yeah. not as good as me saving Simon Benjamin but it's close it's up there um, yeah no they make this for money they did a ton of sequels of these anyway yeah. straight to video so it's there's not an like, Anaconda franchise oh yeah Oh, oh absolutely. There's an Anaconda-verse, uh, and I think we need to rebuild it. We need to build the Anaconda-verse. Uh, uh, one thing I love about the discussion we're having about Anaconda here, and not the way that I heard it online, which made me livid, is the fact that we could talk about reboots and not say, Hollywood is all about reboots, because we actually go and see the yeah. film, the new IPs that are actually being created. And uh, I had to wait. I still have it in my drafts, because I don't want the person <laughs> I'm talking about to realize that 
I'm shitting on them. You you ever done that? Where you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh, I'm, I need to shit on you, but you're I can't let you down know. The stuff to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> also, it's not like this is anything new. I mean, like the Maltese Falcon with Humphrey Bogart was like the third version of that novel <laughs> that got turned into a movie. So, like, yeah. twas ever oh, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who will play the 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 John Voight role? In Anaconda. Mm. First off, of John Voight is just... not busy, so <laughs> John Voight can play that. If we wanted to keep it in the same political spectrum, I vote Vince Vaughn. Ooh. Uh, I would say James Woods. <laughs> oh, that James. works. Totally. Do these people get eaten? That is yes. all. Oh, yeah. Then I'm in. Yes. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to do a quick, little, very speedy Sundance recap of my favorites. As you guys know, my specialty and love is in American narratives so sorry this skews heavily there's also 118 feature films Yo. so even me talking about like 10 quickly so i'm gonna whip through these um promising young woman i love so much mm-hmm. it is um it is the carrie mulligan starring film written and directed by emerald F- uh nope Emerald Fennell. That sounds right. Yep. Who was the showrunner of the last uh, Killing Eve season. Uh, This is her first feature. Um, Try not to watch the trailer if you haven't already, but it's coming out soon. It'll Mm. be a big release. It is a different film female revenge story than you think it will be, but it's it's so many hitting so many points and Carrie Mulligan's incredible in it. There's a film called The 40 Year Version mm. that reminded me I was like, "Oh, I would watch this with Ricky Carmona." <laughs> um it's written, directed and starring this woman named Rada Blank who is a black turning 40 or around 40 now woman in the Bronx, who is wants to be a playwright and starts um, turning back to her original rap career because yes. to like unlock her creative potential. The very first rhyme she writes is straight up about white men who have the butts of black women, and I was like, <laughs> I am sold for life. But it's also about her like trying to make it as an artist and compromising to have her black perspective when only white people are like financing plays and stuff but what's that one called the 40 year old version like version of me zola is as good as you want it to be zola is janixa bravo's film about that series of tweets that went crazy last year oh yes it's it's so it hews much more closely to the tweets than i ever thought a movie would but it's amazing. And there, whenever, everybody's going to see it because it's going to be a big, everybody's going to see it. Please know there's a woman where the lead actress, who's incredible, and she's a dancer, she's on stage at a strip club, and an old white man says something to her and compares her to an actor, and I almost died watching that. So please think of me when that moment happens. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Minari is, I think the director's name is Lee Isaac Chung. Yes. It is... Um, the most recognizable person in the cast is Steven Yoon. It's this Korean family that moves from California to Arkansas, and the dad wants to become a farmer, and then the um, the maternal grandmother comes and lives with them and has like a very cool relationship with their little kid, and the parents are troubled and whatever. It's amazing. It's an immigrant story like I haven't seen before because it's... They're sort of already here, and they're in the most unique environment. There's definitely not a lot of other Korean families there. It's gorgeously shot. Minari, I thought it was so good. Nine Days stars Winston Duke, and the director's name, I think, is Edison Oda. And 
Winston Duke essentially, it's one of those, you know, those like sci-fi fantasies, but it just looks like contemporary life. You just are finding out it's, there's bigger rules. It's one of those. And Winston Duke is kind of a gatekeeper and uh, in like the afterlife and everyone, gatekeepers are assigned like eight or nine people to look after one of his people dies. So he has to pick a soul to retake it. So the whole thing is like an audition process between these people who get nine days to like prove themselves as souls. Oh, so it's like cats. Is it's it? just like, it's the reverse of cats. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. They get to ascend to the heavy side layer. Yes. I was say, this sounds like defending your life somehow. Is it kind like of a- is, but it's before you're born. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. But Zaze Bates is the- Zazie Bates. Zay- Zazie Bates. Bates. Her thinks is Bates, but oh, doesn't okay. matter. But okay. um, however you say her name, she's wonderful. <laughs> it's her and the dude from it. The Bill Skarsgård. P- Bill Skarsgård. Thank you for knowing what I meant. Um, there's is it a- funny? Is it a comedy? No. It's a very this weird- This is the Winston Duke movie yeah. so you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, okay. Nine Days. All right, okay. It's a cerebral sort of drama. Mm-hmm. But not like a- Yeah, no, it's a drama. All yep. right. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And Crip Camp. I loved Crip Camp. Ooh. Documentary about... Is that about... the one with, about Tookie Wilson? No, my friend. It is a documentary about a... I'm letting that go. About a, um, a camp for special needs and kids with disabilities sit in, set in the 60s that turned into a whole activist movement for the pe- people that were empowered by being there then fought and helped get behind like most disabilities acts that are in place now. That's uh, really I, tight. I got to see only two movies, everything else that I know about it, just because I've been putting through other people's reviews. But of the two that I saw, the one I definitely want to recommend is uh, David France's new film, Welcome to Chechnya, which is premiering on HBO in June. It is a fucking bummer, but you need oh. to see it. <laughs> and it is about how queer people are being tortured and murdered in Chechnya and about activists who are doing everything possible to get them the fuck out of Chechnya. All right. Wow. <laughs> We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll be talking about Dolomite Is My Name just as soon as we hear from another one of the shows on Maximum Fun. Hey, J. Keith. Hey, Helen. I hear you have a true-false quiz you want me to finish. I do. Here we begin. We host a trivia game show podcast on the Max Fun Network called Go Fact Yourself. True. Correct. The show is all about celebrity guests answering trivia questions about things J. Keith enjoys. False. We sometimes don't talk about baseball or cats. Thank God. It's questions about things they enjoy. Next, we bring on surprise experts every episode. True. Correct. Final question. It's just the two of us sitting alone with these guests. False. Correct. We have a live audience at the Angel City Brewery. See? You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month. And if you don't listen, you can go fact yourself. True. Welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ify Wadiway. In the studio with me are... Drea Clark. Ricky Carmona. Alonzo Duraldo. You've never done that before, <laughs> have you? It's my first time. Oh, my God. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> Well, today we're talking about Dolomite is my I'm name. Dolomite. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a synopsis for you. Look, I pulled it up because uh, I want to get some of these names right. <laughs> Dolomite is my name is a 2019 American biographical comedy film directed by Craig Brewer and written by Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski. Karaszewski. Okay, y'all could let me know earlier. No, <laughs> Didn't know it was going to come up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The film stars Eddie Murphy as filmmaker Rudy Ray Moore, uh, who is best known for portraying Dolomite in both his stand-up routine and a series of black exploitation films. Uh, yeah, so 
yeah, it starts off with Rudy Ray Moore, uh, kind of like he, struggling as a comic. Uh, it was. It is until he bumps into a few uh, homeless people and start hearing their stories and the and their swagger and and kind of seeing how they crack up people. And he decides to build a character off of these stories and uh, and and turns of phrases they use. It's a hit. And uh, soon he goes to the movies uh, because he starts selling. You know, he starts selling albums out the trunk of his cars. He started getting white people money. Uh, and then <laughs> and then he's at the movies. He's like, yo, none of us are on films. I'm sure this will change in a few years. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Uh, but... <laughs> For the sake of the movie, he decides to shoot his own film, and uh, and it just kind of takes off from there. And we see the journey of him making the first Dolomite, and it has heart, and it has beauty, and there's like very real takes about filmmaking that I thought was great. Uh, let's kick this off with a question Alonzo had, okay. ready to go. So uh, there was a lot of discussion about another Netflix movie, a uh, little thing called The Irishman, uh, possibly having the most fucks of any movie ever. (laughs) And I'm wondering if you were to take like fucks per minute, since, you know, (laughs) Irishman is like three and a half hours long and uh, Dolomite's a a trim hundred or so, (laughs) which has more fucks? It Dolomite definitely has more motherfuckers. Yeah, I was going to say, that's where I was going right? as well. Sure. Yes. You, I've never yes. heard quite but so many motherfuckers. I, I, I will also say, like, the sweetest use of the F word I've ever heard oh, in a movie. Yeah. Like, it's adorable when they do it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The, 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 the fucks and the Irishmen are aggressive. Yeah. That is, they're, like, they're yeah. letting you know something about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, ah! You yeah. know, where, where like, the, 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 like, when I hear the, the, the fucks in, in, like, in Dolomite, it's just very. It's like fucking up, motherfuckers. Yeah. It's is my yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's like a song. Yeah, it's like know? a fairy tale. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my, my favorite line in the movie, although I had a lot of them, but my favorite throwaway, which will mean nothing out of context, saying that for the next ten years I'm going to try and wedge this in all the time, and no one's going to know what I'm talking about, is when Mike Epps is at a movie theater and the woman in front of him shushes him, and he goes. Don't you shush me, Sandy Duncan. <laughs> and I was like, oh, the specificity of that. That is a 1973 Damn burn. It. Yes. I was like, oh, I'm going to say that all the time, and I'm going to lose people on multiple levels. My favorite Mike Epps line in the movie is when it's at the point where it looks like the movie is not going to do well, and they're all having like breakfast or some shit together, and Dolomite, or Rudy Ray Moore is upset at them for like all the extra shit that they ordered <laughs> yes. with their meal. Extra greens and yeah, strawberries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Mike Epps goes, but I like strawberries, Dolomite. <laughs> Dolomite. Uh-huh. I like what if he said that one of the unexpected things about this film, especially for us, like we are familiar with the indie film process and being independent artists and the idea of having to fundraise and having to be your own driving force and number one fan. And that was the thing that I wasn't expecting about the journey from Dolomite was that parallel with how independent film still works today, how a lot of independent things happen. Um, Also how closely independent film hues to the dudes that are selling their um, CDs out of their trunk. Yeah, right. Because yes. I was like, oh, that's that me. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I, I think we're going to, I think one of the movies that we're going to see this double build with forever, as long as there are still repertory 
theaters is another film that Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski wrote, which is Ed Wood. And I think these movies are so parallel in terms of somebody who's got a dream and believes in himself and ambition, has no real idea what he's doing and has no idea of how the process works, but damn it, he's going to make it happen. And at the end of this thing, he's going to have a movie you know, it's a movie in quotes, maybe, but yeah. it's, there's going to be a, a a physical object that runs through a projector and shows on a wall somewhere. You know, yeah. And, and so I, th- there's a sweetness to this film, like, you know, I, every every step of the way where you think you know what's going to happen, like. Early on when, you know, the Dolomite character takes off and you see, like, all these women sort of getting his autograph and taking pictures, you think, oh, okay, he's going to get involved with some woman who uses it. like, nope. Like, yeah. this is a weirdly sexless movie yeah. in and that respect. I loved that No, and that's it. a cool yeah. thing. I, I, I love the fact that, like, the, the four, like, what are they? Armenian, the brothers that go into business with him, you think, oh, they, 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 now they're going to exploit gonna... him and they're going to screw him over. No, no, nope, yeah. they don't. Yeah, I kept waiting for <laughs> violence from them of like, he went, he like, basically ran out of money and needed more and they met like straight up in an alley and I was like, oh, I don't want to see this guy get yeah. his ass kicked. He doesn't. They're like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to buy your rights. You know, like, yeah. it, it, so it, it, there is a, there is a gentleness to this story, which is, I think, really kind of adorable. And obviously like any biopic, you have to take a lot of it with a grain of salt. Sure. Like mm-hmm. there's a whole part where there's a famous scene in Dolomite where he has sex with such power that it like makes an entire room collapse. And the way Dolomite is my name sets it up is the idea of like, oh, I have to do this sex scene, but I'm not like Billy D. Williams. I have to make it funny. But then I went and watched like the first half hour of Dolomite. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. He has a total sex scene with a woman in, yeah. the, in the first part that is not funny at all, that is not yeah. meant to be anything, but like, no, no, you are like a sexy motherfucker, you know? I watched uh, I watched Do- the original Dolomite for the first time, and it was funny to see how they took those scenes that yes. in, the, in the original movie are played serious. Yes. Yeah. They're not played for like the funny, but then you watch them in, you know, Dolomite is my name, and like, yeah, just the way that they're kind of like able to make it in Throwing the guy in the trunk. Uh, yeah, the, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I I really like like there's certain movies that come out every once in a while where the movie itself is kind of just like also coming out at the the actor who's in the movie a point in their career where it's like reflecting yeah. on their career yeah. and it's not just a movie like it's it's a comeback vehicle but it's yeah. also about say, a comeback vehicle. Oh, yeah, exactly yeah. like and, and, Renee Zellweger and Judy this it, year yeah. yes yeah and 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 I would even say like 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 the Irishman where like people mm. are like oh this is what Scorsese is finally saying about all these gangster movies that he's made I feel like seeing Eddie in this movie where he is playing oh first name basis Eddie Oh, I mean, Eddie, Eddie Murphy to the rest come of on, us. Come on, yeah. now. He has earned that. I mean, it's, he's got, if I Ricky say has Eddie, the combination to Bubble Hill. No, I mean, he's like Eddie to yes. you. Obviously, we know who Eddie is, but not all of us are so close if with I him. If I say Eddie, if I say Janet, if I say I mean, there's certain people, you know who the fuck I'm talking Janet about. Janet Reno. <laughs> uh, we're like the movie, like, like you're just getting more out of it than what that per like it's more than a movie and this just felt like something where i was like man i'm looking back on like eddie's whole career watching this also like there needs to be more movies where an actor has just 
been known to always play the high status. Like, Eddie has always been the guy. Yeah. You go see him to play the guy whose name is probably in the title of the fucking movie <laughs> that you're going to see. Yeah. Meet Dave, for instance. <laughs> Pluto, Pluto Nash. Nash. Exactly. <laughs> uh, where this is one where, like, you're able to like see that, but now where they are just playing like the lowest status version of that character. Mm. Like I remember when I fucking saw Donnie Brasco, and it was so great to see like Pacino not playing the guy. Right, he's like the guy who gets nervous when the guy shows up <laughs> in the room. You know, yeah. and this is great to see like Eddie being like, I'm just gonna figure it out. You know, like yeah. I know I've got what it takes. So everybody just buy into that and it's going to it's all going yeah. to work out. Yeah. It's so much more interesting to watch that from him than just to kind of like he very easily could have given us the fucking charisma Eddie. Like yeah. Eddie has charisma. He already has that. For him to like do it in a different way with this character and with this story, it's yeah. so great to watch. Speaking of comebacks, I mean, one thing I like is, you know, uh, a Wesley Snipes we ain't seen since White oh, Man Can't Jump. To see him turn on the Wesley comedy Snipes mode. Wesley Snipes was like I mean, acting. Yeah, it was so good. And it was another one of those things that, once again, everyone's been on an indie movie set where they got an actor who is definitely doing a favor for the indie film, but is still deciding to be an actor <laughs> about it. <laughs> You're like, well, why'd you do the favor if you're going to do all this? The, the line I'm going to be throwing at people for the next yes. 10 years is, I see no reason to do it again. <laughs> oh that was the best. After they do a take of the worst scene the ever, worst fight scene. I see no reason to do it again. There, I love, there is no angle. No, it was so good. And there's... This movie was doing a lot of, I had read something before or someone had told me something of, they were like, I couldn't tell if I should be offended by Wesley Snipes' performance because the character he's playing is based on a real life actor, Derville Martin. Derville Martin, Martin yeah. thank you. And Wesley, like I said, like to me, he made a full ground up character, right? Yeah. Like this person was rich with nuance and he had a very, like I took it as much more of a, Oh, I have. I want people to know I'm an actor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And oh, my yeah. friend was like, "Is mm -hmm. he doing a sort of like swish thing?" But what I found interesting, what does that mean? What is like, yeah, was yeah, he yeah. doing okay, a cool. sort of flamboyant? Was it effeminate? Was it? Oh, was he trying to you. be like? I, I thought it was cokey. Actually, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> what was more like? We're always. Oh, should I be protecting someone? It was more <laughs> of that mindset. But mm. to me, this film was interesting in how they handled that because you have Titer, Titus Burris's character. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm first on who's out and right. makes a couple references to men having sex and they're sort of either I, I, talked over or like yeah they're shot down which i'm yes. like do we really in this movie do we have to do that but again this movie is operates in this sexless bubble for everybody right. i didn't hear <laughs> until recently i don't I'm, I'm not gonna fucking lay claim to like i know all about dolomite's history and i grew up watching the dolomite movies mm. no like I took this as when this movie was first announced, like I took this as like Eddie, Time you've to start done it again. <laughs> That's what's up. Like I'm all in on the Eddie aspect and the and the Larry Karizuski and Scott Alexander aspect. And the Dolomite was just like, oh, that's cool that this also takes place in a world that I'm familiar with. Uh, but I just I heard until recently that part of the reason that that mo that the movie is so sexless sexless is that some people have said that Dolomite that Rudy Ray Moore was gay. And they just couldn't oh. figure out a way 
to get to that, that into the script. So just kind of keep it like neutral. I I, I did not I don't know, know that, but I true, can see that reading like, of it. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have talked about the the not the Oscar nominations or whatnot, mm. but oh, I want to fucking yell for a second. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just the fact that you bring up. I mean, Wesley's not even my number one of like who should get nominated sure. or who should have gotten nominated. But Wesley Snipes is fucking Kevin Klein, Fish Called Wanda, funny yes. in this movie. Agreed. He is just as funny as Kevin Klein, if not funnier, depending on what you taste. And the fact <laughs> that he can't get a nomination is mind boggling to me. Like, to the point where I gotta be like, it, th- th- there's no way it's another reason other than racism. Like, yeah. like, I, like the, I, I can't wrap my brain yeah, around it's it. It's the tie of racism and comedy being not considered True. a heavy lifting. Then, then the fact that Eddie isn't nominated, and that's a comedic performance with drama behind yeah. it. Like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are seeing. <laughs> what, like, it doesn't make sense anymore. Well, I don't even think Dolomite is like one of the best movies of the year. It's definitely one of my favorite. But if there's going to be 10 nominees and that's still not yeah, one of the yeah. nominees, what the fuck are we talking about? What are you doing when you show up in that office Monday through Friday, fucking nine to five, whatever it is you get paid so for? True. What are you not watching? What, what, what is the guys... list that you get when you make sure that you don't watch those movies so you can fucking pick... Ford v Ferrari, you know, which, you guys... I, which I want to see. Yeah, but that's, which that's... I, that's the thing too, man. Like now, I don't give a shit about Ford versus Ferrari because you upset me on the other movie, and I know Ford versus Ferrari is gonna be good. I'm not a crazy person, yeah, you know. I'm not a psycho, but Do it's we... like if you saw that, then how the fuck did you not see? Do we think that Netflix had all their eggs in the uh, Marriage Story and Irishman baskets? Oh, and you, they know, just they did. Did. Oh, gosh, you know they did. You know they did. I think it's time for that final review, which uh, you know how we do it here. Everyone in this booth right now knows <laughs> that it's a screen it, stream it, or skip it. And uh, we'll start with Drea. Um, I... You may remember this was in my top 10 of the year. Yeah. I love this film. And for one of the main reasons is what Alonzo spoke about. There is a joy to it that it just feels good to watch. It's It moves quickly. It's fun. But it has some depth and texture to it. And, yeah, I love it. I think it's such a great film. That's what's up. Yeah, screen it up. even though you really can't. But, you know, that's my <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of times... I'll do things, and my close personal friends, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, will be like, Ricky, how do you how do, do these? Do how are you doing these things? I'll say, I don't know. I just end up in these situations where I went to... I've seen this movie twice in the theater. Mm. Once, uh, uh, both times at the at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood. Once Larry Karaszewski and Scott Alexander were there to, to talk about it and tell stories about their love for Dolomite. And, uh, and 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 just about their careers, and it was fantastic. And that fucking that that joy in the room of like, man, this just feels good as hell to be watching this with all these people. Like, was so fucking palpable in the air. And then the second time I saw it, 
uh, Eddie Murphy was there oh. to do a Q&A, and you could tell everybody was there to see fucking Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> like, we all, like, we all, at that point, like, the movie had been out for a while, and it was just this, like, great fucking excitement of, like, seeing a movie star, but also still that thing of, like, man, it just feels good to be watching this movie with a bunch of people. So if there's any time that you get to screen this movie, go fucking see it in a theater. Definitely watch it at home. It's like a fun, like, have people over, oh, talk yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. If you don't know shit about Dolomite, watch it. It's so good. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, absolutely a screen it. I mean, you will most likely stream it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you can, screen it. It is... Uh, it's a movie about dreams coming true, and and it's just really joyous to watch. I mean, like just the look on Eddie Murphy's face the first time he stands in the back of a theater and watches people watch this fakakta movie that he has made, <laughs> and just revels in their enjoyment of it and him, and also realizing that he's going to make some money on this thing. Uh, so yeah, it's it's lovely. Not popcorn money. Yeah. He's no, no. Box money. Yeah. What about you? If uh, uh, yeah, same thing. I'd definitely screen it if there's a screening around. You know, hopefully there's a few theaters that are doing a things that should have got nominated uh, screening, <laughs> and you can catch it there. But uh, yeah, you'll probably be streaming it. Check it out. It's a fun, fun time. It's very good, especially if you're you know chasing your dreams or creative. There's something about that last scene of the movie that really gets you. Oh, I you, cried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's just like, just the like that feeling of like. Yeah, I'm. I've I've worked hard for this, and I'm doing it. And I've in you know fuck the revelries and all this. Like the people who are there. So you know to the three people who come to my bar shows, to the people commenting, leaving five star reviews. That's you. I'm uh, and I'm giving you my cane to do the dance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but now it's time uh, for us to go ahead and uh, take a break. So we'll be right back after we hear from another show for Maximum Fun. Hey, Max Fun listeners. Have you been listening to Max Fun for a while and you've just been wondering, where's the new Flat Earth podcast I keep hearing about? Well, here it is. We give you all the facts on NASA's lies and how we know that the Earth is actually flat. Just Just kidding. kidding. (laughs) This is Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and we join fringe religious groups. We undergo alternative medical treatments. And we hang out with people like 9-11 truthers, flat earthers. We find out why do people believe strange things. We join them, and we tell you all about it. We have a lot of fun. We make a lot of friends. Yeah, we do. We joined the Mormons. We joined the Scientologists. We got acupunctured. We got fire cupped. We got ear candled. We've done it all, and we're going to keep doing it all. Why don't you check out Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org? Welcome back to Who Shot Ya. I'm your host, Ify Wadiwe. In the studio with me are Alonzo Duralde. Reiki Carmona. Three o'clock. Yeah, yeah. See, I'd like to add my own sound bites. Uh, no one was prepared for that. <laughs> now it's time to answer a call from the Who Shot line. Casey, play that call. Hi, Ify, Alonzo, Andrea. My name is Graham. I'm calling from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, and I was listening to you while I was cooking and chopping up a bunch of onions, so naturally I started to cry a lot, and it got me thinking, um, what would you guys recommend 
as a movie that you need to just watch when you need to cry a bunch and just need to let it all out. Uh, I don't know if you've answered this before or not, but if you have it, I would love to know. Uh, thank you for all that you do. Bye. That was such a good question. It was visual. It was from Minnesota. <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Minneapolis. Oh, yes. Wow. Very good question. I'm a crier uh, um, at movies. Yeah, me so, too. But yeah, this, I, I, I'm going to give you like a short list <laughs> of ones that mm. definitely get my waterworks going. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with probably the one that g- sends me into the heaving, racking sobs the most and the longest. Uh, Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Who this woman? <laughs> <laughs> the, fir- the first time I saw it, I think I started crying about third of the way through and all the way. The second time, it was like they took her baby away at the beginning. Bam, it was off. I was off to the races the whole damn movie. Yeah. My thing with this question, because it's, it's I cr- I'm with Alonzo, I cry it everything mm. i cried at the end of dolomite i cried mm. i cry at any documentary even if it's not meant to be sad like the things that i really appreciate in film and that the kinds that i'll revisit if i want to cry which is kind of how i'm going to answer are less things that are a total heartbreaking bummer like nothing's destroyed me more than uh, dancer in the dark mm. which the bjork film that i was no like catatonic afterwards i will never watch that film again <laughs> sure but there's films that have if acts if, of kindness acts of kindness end of me moments of grace um, mm-hmm. any there's those forgiveness are the redemption no forget it yeah. out of here oh sacrifice don't don't don't, <laughs> don't leave me alone for a few days but for me what's interesting the film if I want to cry because I think Pixar has the master oh, lock yeah, yeah. Okay. for tears Inside Out Ooh. oh Inside yes. Out has yeah. because what it makes me feel in terms of memory in terms of nostalgia in terms of how I think of emotion in terms of then how I think of kids watching Inside Out and learning that sadness is not only okay but necessary and that you can't find light without dark like there are things in that movie that it's just like ping ping I'm sure if he would have great like game um, qualifiers of like oh yeah it unlocks these levels (laughs) (laughs) Bing Bong's choice in that movie speaking of sacrifice sent me like I didn't know it was coming and I just suddenly like started ugly crying in the press Screening. I would, yeah. I, it oh, was. Yeah. It just a total I didn't gut have to punch. blow my nose for a year after Inside Out because I <laughs> snotted so much during that movie. Ooh, yeah. well, uh, to, to ride that Spielberg train, one that gets me is uh, always that final uh, catch scene. me if you can. And, yeah, definitely Jaws. catch always. me. Always. Oh, uh, <laughs> is AI artificial intelligence? I like yeah. that for you. Oh, yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah, getting his like yeah, it's it's just so <laughs> it was so funny because that I remember the first time ending? I watched it. Yeah, well him getting his mom back and he's just wanting like and just like mm. the concept of like you have one day. You oh. have just a day with this person and it's a wrap oh. for you, for everything. You have to you have to cherish this moment. Mm. And like just like that knowing all that it was just the most basic things where it's mm. like, oh, I'm already getting like a little oh, misty. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. just like, because like that not only channels that, but it's just like grief of like people who have passed in your life and you're like, you have one day with them and you're like, yeah, mm. I would just fucking make 
pancake. Like I, I, yes. it wouldn't be anything extreme. It was just, just sharing that moment again. And it just yeah. like, yeah. and it was so funny because like, I'm like, the first time I see it, I'm like young and it's hit me and I'm like starting to tear up. And my mom and aunts hated that movie. And like it was, it ends the sun, the, 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 it goes to black. I'm starting to cry. And I just hear, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and, just, and a young film critic is born. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Uh, cancer moms pretty much always devastate me. Oh, like, yeah. Sure, uh, sure. Principally, Alfred Woodard in Crooklyn. Forget oh, it. Yes, oh, yeah. I yes. screened that movie for my class when I was teaching. And I had to leave the room because I was like, I got a lecture after this thing's over. And if I uh, watch the next five minutes, it's all over. Oh, I have two. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Dre, where I... I don't watch anything to like make me cry. Like I never am like, oh, what's gonna like get I'll this out you. of me? But there are, but I am very comfortable with crying during movies now. I cry during uh, the ending of Twenty Fifth Hour. That mm-hmm. speech that Brian Cox has at the end of that. I, that always is fucking is like, oh man. Uh, from the moment uh, a change is gonna come. In Malcolm X, yeah, uh, and he's like floating down the side of the street, like, like, uh, it's, it, it's, it's. That's a rough watch for oh, me. Yeah. I, cry, I mean, I cried there in Cloud Atlas. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> like, I cried at Avengers Endgame. So yeah. I got emotional just during, doing, I got I emotional a lot of during Avengers. Avengers. Yes. When they're all showing up, and right before he does the Avengers assemble, yeah, I was like, oh my god, they're all back. Yeah. <laughs> they're all back. Oh, oh yeah, that, yeah, that one got my chest. Yeah, yeah, no, everybody uh, cried at that movie. I, I just watched. Uh, me and my girl just watched uh, La Bamba recently, mm-hmm. and that's like. Did oh, you not know there was gonna be a plane crash? <laughs> Wait what? I didn't finish it. Wait what? Now? What happened? Uh, no. yeah, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday we had TCM on on mute, and Dave and Dave we're watching the Yearling, and the deer comes on screen. And Dave goes, "Oh, that's so cute." And I was like, "Don't get attached." And he goes, "Why? What happens?" I'm like, "Are you fucking serious? You don't know how the Yearling ends? Oh it's like fucking Old Yeller, like the oh, most geez. traumatizing. We got to shoot the animal. Nobody movie tell them about that, Bambi's mom. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The kids watch. Well, oh yeah, yeah. I'm never watching." Okja. Like, that's just never, ever (laughs) in the history of time going to happen. But I do think, because you said you wouldn't watch anything to make you cry, and I think sometimes... It is nice to know that it's, you, it's like a it's a controlled prairie it's burn. It's cathartic, right? exactly. Yes. Like sometimes you're like, no, I need to like unloosen the valve. And I think for those purposes, the first ten minutes of Up, back yes. to the Pixar vault, absolutely. Yeah. The Toy Story three incinerator. Oh Jesus! I mean, yes. and again, those moments. The the Up is beautiful because you're watching in ten minutes the life and love story mm-hmm. yeah. of a couple. And then, but the Toy Story incinerator. The re- oh, God, I sound like a real Pixar head, but no, the, that the reason that it sticks with you is that it's not just about them facing death. It's how these characters that you've grown attached to um, react in that. And their thing is they link hands. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, of course, that saves them because they're like scooped up or something. But there's something about that for me falls under that qualification of grace. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I see those moments of grace of what is going to transcend emotionally, those are... Oh, yeah. The unlockers. Go, go, go. go. No, my two big ones is I am a sucker for romance. Romance Mm. and good deeds. So romance, sunshine of a spotless mind. Oh, 
Oh yeah. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. All just just will totally shrek me. End of bicentennial man. Hold hands. <laughs> Stop it. I oh, love you so yeah. much. This uh, is fucking amazing. Yeah, did you yeah. did you wonder if he was gonna follow up? Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> wow. That's what's up, yo. AI. Some, what's up? Somewhere, Chris Columbus's head, the hairs on his head, like <laughs> someone is talking about Batman wow. in a positive way. Wow. Listen. Well, uh, thank you to everyone who's called in. The number of the Who Shot line is WSY eight zero three one six six four. And now it's time for the staff picks. It could be any movie in theaters, streaming, what have you. Ricky, why don't you start us off? Thank you very much. Oh. I don't know if I mentioned that I got a 4K TV right now, y'all. I don't know what? if I mentioned that. I heard. But it's so fucking dope because now when you have a 4K TV, like the apps that you have on TV, they will be like, yo, we saw you got a 4K TV now. Do you want to change like your app plan so you can like now just watch a movie? <laughs> like if like, the you know, like if it's just been re-released as 4K or in like Ultra HD or HD. And I'm like, you're fucking ain't right. I do. Come on! So I watched the movie Clute. Oh, I don't know if you wow. all have seen the movie Clute. I don't know Hell if you're yeah. all familiar with this little movie called Clute, but that was fucking amazing. Jane wow. Fonda. I feel like that might have been um, Louis Vertel's choice when he was on the show. Oh, oh is that right? I think yeah. you're right, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know you're, in, you're, in, you're in good company. That's, yeah. that's my guy. I don't yeah. know if he listens to the show, but I fucking love you, Louis. He's, he's, he's doing Twitter right. Uh, damn skippy. Goddamn what he is. Uh, but yeah, Clute is so goddamn like great. Like I, I'm I'm not gonna lie and act like I've watched every Jane Fonda movie. Like yeah, like I'm like I'm I'm for Jane Fonda. Like I'm for like the myth of Jane Fonda. Like everything I've been told. I'm like yeah, sure. I'm I'm all with that. But then th this is kind of like watching like uh, like the, the first Robert Redford movie I saw where I was like, oh, Robert Redford. OK, I get it now. OK, like watching her in this. Yeah. Why, why the fuck is it called Clute? Uh, that's why that's isn't... Donald Sutherland's name. Yeah, oh, why no, is it no, called... yeah, I got oh, that. Why, why is it called Breeze? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the why name is... of her haircut. <laughs> like, that was, it was just one of those like. Man, I mean, I guess movies at that time, it was either like Serpico or fucking yeah. Clute. Like, but, but she is the movie. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. it, it, it's her. And she's so goddamn great. Alan Pakula, Alan... king of the paranoid thriller. Oh, man, he is on fire in that yeah. one. Clute, y'all. Uh, there is a double dip of Pedro Almodovar uh, available now um, on... Uh, on home video, first of, of course is Pain and Glory, which we talked about on a recent mm -hmm. episode. That is now out on Blu-ray and DVD as well as streaming digitally. Uh, but the Criterion Collection has also just put out one of my favorite Almodovar movies, 1999's All About My Mother, uh, which I super, super, super recommend. It is a great movie. It also makes me cry, so it yes. ties in to an earlier thing in the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's extraordinary and so both of these movies are, are dynamite and you they should be in your library and you should have a library. Mm. <laughs> um, I also have a cry a movie that made me cry. It is a newer release and it is coming out digitally February fourth, so like next week sometime. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh. Uh, Marielle Heller's uh, film about Mr. Rogers and the uh, journalist who is interviewing him, and it's the one obviously Tom Hanks plays Mr. Rogers. And oh come on, 
It is definitely a crier in the sense that it's structured like an adult episode of <laughs> Mr. Rogers' mm-hmm. Neighborhood. So you leave with that like beautiful, soul-filling, like, I can be a better person, and there's hope in the world, and there's pain and joy. So anyway, it's a, it's a really... It's a lo- it's a beautiful day in the movies. Sing it, girl. Sing it. That I want for my staff pick. It's explosive. It's exciting. And the trailer for the newest addition to this saga has dropped today. Oh boy. <laughs> Which means I'm asking y'all to watch Fast Five because Fast Nine is on the way and we're ready, baby. John Cena has entered the building. He's entered the chat. He is buff and standing in front of a Mustang. And you better believe I'm bullying everyone into doing an episode on Fast 9. Drea uh, is team. There's no yeah, bullying. Drea, yeah, I'll Drea's be there on the team. Alonzo, not so much. Hey, I, I hosted the fucking Hobbs and Shaw episode. So everybody step back. Drifting began in the mountains, goddammit. Hashtag justice for Han. Yes. Oh, my God. Please. There better be a resurrection in Fast 9. Han was one of the best characters. Uh, And, uh, you know, Tyrese can finally stop being angry because we're back. Uh, (laughs) Before we go, let's read a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air. And this one comes from Rod O. Steele. The show. (laughs) I feel like that's the only way to read that name. That's a porn name if there ever was (laughs) one. This show is a real pleasure to listen to. The hosts are funny and appear to enjoy each other's company. Acting. <laughs> yep. Uh, we actually hate each other. Yeah. Uh, the movie reviews are very much informed by each host's proclivities, which they are very open about. I especially love the side banter about people around Hollywood. They really color in the people that make the movies. Thanks for a great show. That's well, thanks. A nice okay, first off, I have hobbies if he has proclivities. <laughs> There's a difference. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much, Rod. You truly are appreciated, Ricky. Thank you for being on the Ricky! show. What a pleasure! What an honor! We didn't even like talk about like our dope T-shirt game tonight. Alonzo, oh, yeah. you're hiding yours, but I bet you it's something fucking oh, yeah. amazing. Good old KCR. Yeah. I mean, that's still you're repping. You're repping yeah, the, yeah, the you're shit. public radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Come on, now. exactly, exactly. It's good to be here. You guys, I mean, this is fucking great, right? This it's is fun. This I'm is, so this glad we had this time together, Ricky. I know. Yes, indeed. I miss you every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you three are my favorite men. All apologies to other men. Oh, I fucked up. Well, uh, I also had to make a quick announcement that uh, I'm going to be gone for six weeks. To... You're off my list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have to step out uh, to write for a sci-fi show. Uh, but... Is it Friend Star Trek of the pod? Picard? No, I wish. Gosh. Or Krypton. I wish I was ready for yes. that hit show. <laughs> if only it had been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm coming back to save it uh, from the inside. But friend of the pod Joel Monique will be filling in and I'll be back for the max fun drive so you better get them dollars ready mm-hmm. uh, plus we're gonna make you call in aren't oh we? yeah because yeah. you know I can't resist talking about these moves baby <laughs> plus I gotta make sure I get my money's worth with my regal card <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Joel will be on next week and we'll be talking about Blake Lively and rhythm section <laughs> again the number for the who shot line is WSY 803-1664 we've gotten some really good messages this 
past week, but please keep them coming. And just a reminder, you can buy a Jumbotron on our show by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron. Please let us propose to your partner via a podcast. Uh, if you want, uh, if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at Who Shot Your Pod. Our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Who Shot Your Podcast or send us an email at Who Shot You at MaximumFun.org. Our producer is Casey O'Brien. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. And this has been a production of Maximum Fun. And that's what's up! Yes! <laughs> <laughs>